Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast Series 2, Episode 3. We're at the Virginia Fly Fishing Wine Festival. It's an absolute deluge today. My entire area is under about an inch of water. The water's actually flowing from my left-hand side and my right-hand side that you are just uh, asking why it, you have to mend the fight. We expect about two to three inches of rain today. Down here in Winsboro, Virginia, on the South River, which I'm sure will be thrown out. I really don't want to leave my area at all for the rest of the day. I'm already soaked. Uh, it's in the 50s. This is going to be one miserable in a long day. Hopefully, we will sell some flies, some beer cutting lanyards, some half lanyards, some t-shirts, some snow red hugnut yarn, some visors, and hopefully some discounted half-day and full-day trips. Hopefully, uh, I will grab some people walking by and ask them some questions. So, um, let's make the best of how to face really, really nasty situation. So it's a week later, and I'm going to finish the podcast now. I could not record during the Virginia Fly Fishing Wine Festival on the 16th and 17th of April 2011 because there's no electricity in the tent. Uh, it rained enough that the tent filled up with water, some spots up to almost uh, you know knee deep. Um, power cords were underwater, so A, uh, I couldn't record. I could have run off the battery on the laptop, However, people really were not in the mood for uh, just talking into a microphone. It was, how should I say, rather empty. Um, it was cold. It was raining. It was windy. So the amount of people that came by the tent on Saturday was not that much. I had hoped to sell, as I mentioned, uh, Helgramite yarn, beer koozies, fly lines, visors, hats, some guided trips, and a bunch of flies. Um, Saturday was, was pretty slow. Uh, I sold about two lanyards, a visor, maybe 10 bucks worth of flies, and a handful of beer can lanyards. 
The day, you know, started off, we had rain in the tent, so I channeled it. Luckily, um, we were sort of on the, the top of a slope with the fly fishing benefactors to my left and an artist lady to the right. I took my wellies and dragged them through the mud and was able to channel the water. My neighbor, the artist lady, uh, she was local. She went home and got a garden hoe, this phenomenal tool that hasn't been updated in you know, like 40,000 years because it's just a 90-degree piece of metal that moves earth. So we used that, we channeled the water, and were able to drain the, the benefactor's area, which then ran through my area, ran through the artist ladies, and went somewhere else. Uh, I wasn't sure where because I didn't really leave my booth um, all day. So the rain was pouring. It was loud in there. It was dark. Uh, it was too dark for me to tie flies. Um, it was cold. You know, my pants and, and jacket got wet, soaked, I should say just from walking from my car into the tent. So I was cold and wet the entire day. Wore my Capitals uh, jersey and sweatshirt to keep warm. Could have used a knit hat and a base layer. Didn't have those with me. So, uh, and the lady next to me, the artist, she had a heating pad but couldn't use it all day because there was no power. So I also couldn't run my TV and show the slideshow of different images from all my fishing trips around the world and all the recent client photos I've uh, compiled in the last two years specifically the last year doing this full-time. And, um, and the wind would blow. The posts of the tent would lift off the ground about a foot, and then rain would blow in. Luckily, we channeled all the way, so my area was dry. On other areas, they had to bring in pallets for people to stand on, pallets which Steve Monahan at Temple Forked Outfitters uh, dubbed the New Jersey Boardwalk because the entire area between um, the tent where people would walk was basically just a row of pallets. If you want to see those floating, bobbing in the water, and some completely submerged, go to flyfishingconsultant.blogspot.com and search flood. You'll find the, the videos I posted. So it was pouring rain. Not many people were coming by. Um, I was having fun regardless. I mean, it's that kind of epic rainstorm that's just so torrential that you can't complain about it. You make the best of what you can. Bo Beasley, who is the guy who puts on the show, was walking around. Just If he had any hair left, he would be pulling it out. Bo looked pretty stressed. Uh, most guys, including Bo, were wearing waders, which was lucky for them. I just had on my wellies. So those guys were able to stay dry. And then, uh, I don't know, maybe about 1 o'clock, we started hearing uh, word that there's a huge storm coming, as opposed to what we were already experiencing. All of a sudden, we hear somebody shouting, get out of the tent now. There's a tornado warning. So I grabbed my cash box, my laptop, and ran to the car. Met Trent there from Tidal Potomac Fly Rodders, who was handling the Federation of Fly Fishers tent. We cracked a couple of Negro Modelos and Modelo Speciales, and we just sat in the car and drank a couple of beers and waited out the storm. Trent being the, the uh, fan of Detroit Red Wings had on his mobile phone and was watching the game or listening to it or whatever he was doing. It was the, the Red Wings, so I didn't really care. After about 40 minutes to an hour of sitting in the car and drinking beer, um, Trent said, screw it, he's going to go get a ride to the hotel. Um, all the other vendors had either gone to their cars or gone home for the day. So I went into the tent just to see the carnage. I was with Molly Simpkins of Casting for Recovery and Tidal Potomac Fly Rodders. So we walked around the empty tent. Since the vendors had all gone, some of them had just packed up their entire areas and just, just disappeared for the day. They couldn't have the show. So the show was canceled about 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Molly and I walked around filming and um, 
It was pretty insane how much water had pooled in there, had flown in, blown in, trickled in, you name it. The place was completely uh, deluged. So I called it a day myself. Um, went back to the hotel with Trent and Dalton from TPFR, and drank some beers, watched some hockey. And since the big storm was rolling through, about every eight minutes or so, the weatherman would come on and break into the hockey game. And Trent, being a diehard Red Wings fan, was getting very upset that every eight minutes, uh, including when it's a five-on-three power play for the other team, he was getting pretty angry. Called up the new station and gave them an earful. At about five o'clock or so, we decided we should go to the foundation dinner, which was a all-you-can-eat buffet at the Waynesboro Country Club. So we all got in our cars and decided to drive out there. So I'm driving solo down to the country club and I'm using the GPS and the phone and notice the golf course is not green, it's brown. There's water flowing across the golf course. Go a little bit further down the road and there's a uh, cop blocking it off said, road's underwater, you gotta go around. He gave me directions, but not being from Waynesboro, I had no idea what he was talking about. So, use the GPS. Um, if you actually put in Waynesboro Country Club, it brings you to a dead-end road at the maintenance shack. So, I put in the clubhouse and finally found the right direction. Went over the North River, which by now had jumped the banks by 30, 40 feet in either lateral direction. There was a... Uh, all the town was coming out to look at it. There were trees flowing down, buckets, branches, barrels, any kind of garbage, you name it. It was just a raging torrent of water. So we all stopped. I met up with Dan and Melody and John and Andy and Trent and Dalton, the other TPFR people. All took some photos, got back in the car, and some local gave us directions to the last entrance route to the country club. So we get down there, and they're closing off the roads, so we're pretty much trapped at the country club. Uh, water was supposed to crest at about 8.30, so um, we knew we could be stuck there for the evening. But there's a, a nice bar and an all-you-can-eat buffet, so we'd be all right. Unfortunately, the house across the, the, the water from the parking lot was completely underwater. They had about four or five feet of sandbags set up around their garage and foundation of the house, and the water was just lapping over it. So if the that was 5 o'clock and there's still three hours of that water to rise, it was going to be pretty bad for them. So we get inside, um, hang out with Steve Sklaru. I can thank him for getting me into the entomology background of fly fishing and more of hardcore fly fishing than what I had been doing growing up. We met on a trip to South America in 93. He brought a four-piece fly rod. We fished the Galapagos, the Andes, the Amazon. and He was doing an insect collection for Virginia Tech. So with his butterfly net, I was helping scoop up all sorts of crazy bugs, which is a topic for a whole other podcast. But uh, Steve's one I can thank for... you know, setting me straight in the fly fishing world getting me into you know doing it seriously and um, not just going out with a spinning rod and having a fly rod in the garage collecting dust I actually got out and used it more often because of him and then I got into fly tying afterwards by digress so we're at the table with uh, all the TPFR people and Steve and I are sharing uh, the end because it's so crowded buffet was awesome fried chicken salad cream of mushroom soup uh, horseradish cream sauces for whatever side of beef they were cutting Biscuits or bread rolls. I can't remember. I was pretty stuffed. Three pints. That's $3 for a pint of beer. Um, you farther you get from D.C., the cheaper beer gets, obviously. So we gorged ourselves uh, to the gills, and 
there were some pretty awful speeches. Um, it was all politics. Let's thank this party and that party and for re-election. And it really didn't have to do with the event that day. It just sort of, I felt alienated. A lot of people at my table did. You know, we were yawning. It was them patting themselves on the back for political stuff that just was kind of a stretch. Really didn't work. And then there were some awards. Um, Bo was given a inflatable zebra to wear around his waist. Molly was given an award. A couple other awards were given out to people who helped put on the show. And then uh, we were told basically, hey, the river's about to crest. You're going to get stuck here, so you should probably leave. So I left at about 8.30ish, headed out, met up with the guys from Healing Waters, had some beers with them, then went outside and had some more beers with uh, Captain Paul Rose, CarolinaBoneFishing.com. The guys from Fish Skulls, their website is flymenfishingcompany.com you can find them on twitter it's flymen fishing um, steve monahan some of the other guys from temple fork outfitters we just sat outside drank some beers they all busted my chops because i was wearing an ovechkin jersey um, it was fun turned in uh the storm had cleared by then so uh I mean, the full moon was rising to a very clear sky woke up the next morning cold front came in so it's now sunday uh, pull my car up about 8 9 o'clock to set up the show which opened at 10 ish all the water had miraculously drained out of the tent it was uh damp but not flowing water inside they were spreading some hay bales to soak up the water uh, the guys who had disappeared the night before had reset up their booths and we had a good crowd i was busy most of the day had lots of kids come by and tie them some mouse patterns and some damsels Sold a couple yards of my Helgramut yarn and showed people how to tie those flies. We did purple ones, orange ones, black ones, white ones, purple and white ones. Um, I sold, I want to say, about three dozen of my Snow White Helgramites, mostly black. Didn't sell any of the beetles, ants, and hoppers I tied up, any of the popsicle patterns, the mice. I mean, I spent three weeks tying flies for this event, and it really wasn't fly purchasing event I'd say I mean I had flies for a buck Hendrickson, Quill Gordons, March Browns, Humpies Wolves, all the classic Adirondack style dries I mean I I could have given away but I was trying to pay for the beer for that weekend sold out of my lanyards sold a couple of hemostats on retractors nippers on retractors sold one fly line sold out of my visors didn't sell any shirts sold enough beer koozies that I went home with uh, one empty box of them, one case that was sold. Didn't sell any guided trips. Hopefully the people that picked up my business card are going to hopefully give me a call, do some fly fishing up in Northern Virginia. Um, couldn't really get anybody to do podcast interviews. I tried Casting for Recovery to see if they'd come by. Tried Jay Lovering, our Northern Virginia Trout Unlimited chapter president. He really wasn't, uh, he said he didn't know what to say. Wanted to get Paul Rose at Carolina Bone Fishing. Wanted to get the Fish Skull guys. But uh, it was mostly we were all stuck at our booth, so I, I couldn't leave to go take a, a dat over and record somebody. Or um, We did have electricity, so if anybody had come over, you know, I was willing to record them. Just people just weren't really in the mood. So the day went well. Um, I want to say I had a great time. It was, it was cold. Uh, Dan's wife, Melody, had my caps fleece, so... I was a little chilly, um, just wore my jersey, made sure nobody gave me any spoilers. Caps ended up losing that day. But they won game five, uh, took the series. 
um, in you know, four games. One versus the uh, Rangers, one game one. And then Trent and I, he helped me pack up at about 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Uh, we got out of there, hit the road. The car was packed to the, the gills like we'd eaten the night before. We lit up some Cohibas and drove home. I um, want to say I had a great event. I want to thank Bo Beasley for inviting me down. I definitely want to do it next year. I'll be more prepared. I'll bring waiters. And that's the kind of rainstorm you get once in a long time. So uh, I don't know if I have to bring all the gear, but I'd rather have than, than not have. And hopefully I can track down some of the people I met down there and get some podcasts with them um, individually. And that's about it. Um, this is the second time I recorded this today, so hopefully this one worked. I'm sure I left some things out that I said the first time, but uh, that's just my luck. I seem to record a podcast and something happens, like Peanut the Cat one and the one with Dan Davala, TPFR. So hopefully this is going to work. Uh, thank you for downloading the Fly Fishing Consultant Podcast. Not sure what's coming up next in the, the podcast series. Um, now maybe I'll show you guys how to tie my Snow White Helgramite pattern. I think that is the last Helgramite fly after 20 years of searching that I'm ever going to need or use. And um, yeah, that's about it. Thanks for downloading.